You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And welcome to the WrestleMania episode of the Needless Things podcast. Actually, I guess this would be the first WrestleMania episode because this is the first time we've focused on WrestleMania or perhaps wrestling at all on the podcast. Uh, as I've been talking about on NeedlessThingsSite.com, which is where you can find the Needless Things podcast, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher and at ESOPodcast.com, I've been talking about wrestling a lot i'm way back into it uh i've been into wrestling my whole life but this year a lot of things seem to have converged for me that have gotten me really excited about wrestling again and of course wrestlemania being sunday has helped a lot over the past month two months maybe since the rumble really wwe programming is very entertaining right now there's some stuff i don't like sure of course but nxt is phenomenal the WWE Network is awesome. I love their programming. Uh, the Monday Night Wars, I'm working my way through that right now. But just being able to go and watch basically any match I want, whenever I want, is great. It really reinforces my enjoyment of the sport right now. So I was excited to be able to sit down and talk about what's been happening in WWE what's going to happen at WrestleMania, and what we think is going to happen at WrestleMania. So I I sent out the call and had some guys that I knew would give me a good mix of voices to discuss WrestleMania, and we had a fantastic conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was more excited for this one than I've been for a show in a while, and and that's not saying that I'm not excited for the other ones, because I love doing this every single time I do it, but man, I was really amped up for this one. Uh, I'm into it. We're going to be doing more wrestling shows, I guarantee that, and we'll be having a larger variety of guests, but tonight's is a really good crew. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I hope that you get to listen to this before WrestleMania. Uh, so you can hear you know, speculation before you actually see the show. But there is one thing that happened since we recorded this. Uh, this was recorded Monday night uh, on March the 23rd after Raw. And since then, it has been announced that Brock Lesnar has re-signed with the WWE. So this doesn't, this doesn't change my opinion of, of what's going to happen in the main event, which you'll hear at the end of the episode and I don't know that it would change anybody else's but I think it does change the vibe of the main event knowing that Lesnar is sticking around I I don't know if it makes it more interesting or not honestly because before I felt for sure Reigns was going to go over and now I don't know that I feel differently 
I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, and it does make me happy because I, for one, and we, we discussed this in the episode. I don't want to get too deep into it, but I love Lesnar, and I love what they've done with him. So normally at this point, I would introduce a band, and I would play their song, and I promise I'm going to get back to that. It's been a couple episodes since I've done it for one reason or another. I promise next episode I'll get back to that. As a matter of fact, I've got, sitting right in front of me, the Possum Kingdom Ramblers. And you will hear some of their awesome music next episode. But for now, there's a song that I just had to play. I have to. It's magical. It's corny. It's wonderful. And it's one of my favorite wrestling-related songs. And I don't... I can't quite explain it, but it just makes me happy. Enjoy a little something special. that time of year again it's wrestlemania time boys and girls and let me tell you your old pal phantom troublemaker is a little more excited about wrestlemania than he has been for the past few years there's something about what the wwe is putting out right now that's a little more electric than it's been uh and, and not only that but you've got the WWE Network where you can go and watch great wrestling anytime you want. You've got NXT, which is an amazing product unto itself and something that we'll probably end up recording another episode on. And uh, then you've got Ring of Honor is on television in my area. You guys might have been getting it for longer than that, but only in the past few months has it been available on the old television here in Atlanta. And I've been enjoying that as well. So there's really... It's almost like a personal wrestling renaissance for me. Uh, I've been getting back into it. So I was really excited to devote an episode of the Needless Things podcast, which you can find on iTunes and Switch, Stitcher and at NeedlessThingsSite.com and at ESOPodcast.com. Uh, but having an episode about WrestleMania was exciting for me because I haven't cared this much about wrestling in a few years now. And I wanted to have some of my best pals on here some some wrestling knowledgeable buddies to talk about what's going to be going down at the granddaddy of them all this year first i want to introduce uh one of my partners in crime somebody that i've worked very closely with in the wrestling world as a matter of fact and that is jonathan williams of wrestling with com. jonathan welcome to the needless things podcast thank you it's good to be back uh, it's great to have you here, and uh, you you have uh, obviously a particular insight into the world of wrestling as as you've been working uh, within it, uh, not only on your website, but in other ways for years now. You've interviewed a lot of the top names in the wrestling world. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to have your, your perspective here on the show. Well, I'm happy to share that perspective. 
And, uh, of, of course, this one may not be quite as obvious because typically you guys are listening to us talk about Doctor Who or Batman, but uh, another mind that I value very much in the world of professional wrestling is here, and that is Mr. Mike Gordon from the ESO Network. Howdy. Uh, man, I'm I'm really glad. I, I kind of hit you up last minute because I knew you'd be recording the ESO podcast tonight. But but the more I thought about it, the more I really wanted your voice on this show. Not only because you've got good insights, but because you and I, uh, I wouldn't say frequently, but very often, you and I tend to differ in opinions. You and I have different perspectives on things a lot of the time. Uh, but we can have mature conversations about it, and I really enjoy that about you. That that you very often provide a different outlook than what I have. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I, I have, uh, guested quite a few times on, uh, ESO pro, uh, the, uh, wrestling podcast on the ESO network. And, and, uh, usually my perspective is that of the, uh, quote unquote new guy. Um, you know, because I, I, I don't have the classic history, uh, with, uh, the, the franchises as much as, uh, a lot of the other guys on there. So, uh, I started, uh, watching it pretty late, uh, in life, but, um, still enjoy it. And, uh, I'm looking forward to this year's WrestleMania because, uh, you know, no matter what the card is, it seems like, um, it, they always put on the big show and, uh, there's usually something that makes it worth it as far as, uh, the price goes. Uh, and even now, because it's only $9.99. Nine ninety nine. Well, and that is really the point of WrestleMania. You know, more uh, very often there are you know maybe about half the card isn't even necessarily something that that we care that much about, but it's WrestleMania. You have young, hungry guys looking to have that WrestleMania moment, looking to have an impact. I mean, for example, look at the way Kofi Kingston has made himself an integral part of WrestleMania. Uh, granted, he doesn't seem to be involved this year but you know with his money in the bank match performances you know there were several years where he was one of the spotlight moments in wrestlemania i think he's on the pre-show this year in the four four-way tag team match for the tag titles Segway, because <laughs> that's a perfect way to enter into our discussion on the matches um i know We've, uh, we, we know what happened on Raw. I watch Raw. Uh, Jonathan caught up with it and I know, uh, Mike, you were busy with recording ESO. Yep. But, you know, to be fair, we were waiting until Raw was over to record this, but nothing really advanced. They just, uh, put a little extra stank on a couple of the matches. I would say the IC division is on fire right now. Uh, and the, Divas, they're working to make that important. Uh, Lesnar and Reigns, I don't know that it really needs any more heat on it than what it's already got. But Raw essentially just kind of spotlighted everything that's going on at Mania. Nothing changed. Uh, it didn't affect the card at all. So regardless of whether or not our listeners have watched Raw yet, we're going to be discussing just the matches at Mania, what we think about them, what we think about the things that have led to the matches, and let's go ahead and start with something that I'm honestly a little disappointed has been relegated to the pre-show, and that's the tag title match. Uh, to lay down a little bit of history, the Usos were the tag champs, and they were dethroned by Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, 
and apparently one of the Usos, and I, I can't remember who's Jimmy and Jay, and you know what? Don't hold that against me because neither can JBL. Uh, <laughs> one of the Usos is injured, which has changed the the plans for the tag title at Mania, and we now have a one, two, three, four-way match for the tag titles happening on the pre-show. I don't think a title match should ever be relegated to the pre-show, but I'm excited about this match because... It looks to me like the Uso injury has forced them to do more with the tag division because before we probably would have just had the Usos versus Cesaro and Kid, but now we have all of these teams together in the match, and that makes for a bigger, more WrestleMania-friendly match. Uh, what do you guys think about these tag teams in the division? Well, uh the Matadors haven't really been on TV in quite a while, have they? And they're no, they've actually been on the last. They they since the USO injury, the Matadors have actually been featured the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've gotten involved with the tag scene. They've been running out, and they actually had a match uh, on Raw. Yeah, I saw. So it. they actually, they kind of suddenly injected them because they had the the inter the two interspecies, so to speak. <laughs> Uh, tag matches with uh, the Matadors and Torito versus uh, Tyson Kidd, Cesaro, and Natalia, which I'm glad they didn't do what I was afraid they were going to do and just have a straight-up Natalia versus El Torito match. But uh, El, uh, Natalia certainly did put El Torito over tonight. But, yeah, the, the Los Matadores... Have become an important part of the tag scene rather quickly, and and they've done it effectively too. They showed up, uh, they they kind of got a little stink on the scene, you know. They they got into it with Cesaro and Kid, made their presence known, uh, and and it's so they're very quickly they became a part of what's happening with the tag titles. I think well, I the thought- uh, Usos have definitely been the backbone. The constant of the tag division for the last year, uh, certainly the matches that they're in, uh, I think are outstanding. Um, and, uh, you know, with, with them being hurt, the fact that they're still in the match, I think, you know, proves that it's still going to be one to watch. Had, yes. had they not been involved though, um, I, I would be less excited. Uh, Matadors are fine. Um, New Day um, is still trying to get over, I think. Uh, obviously, Kofi's al- al- always going to put on a show. Uh, Big E can be kind of fun to watch. And, of course, uh, Cesaro and Kid are, are pretty entertaining than them themselves. I think it's going to be entertaining, but I don't know if it's going to have like that WrestleMania... Rainy, uh, sorry, I don't know if it's going to have that WrestleMania moment... Um, and in, in some ways, I think, you know, it almost, I hate that you're right, that it's a, it's relegated to the, um, kickoff, even though it's a title change, but I don't predict that the titles are going to change here. And I think it's probably going to be like kickoff caliber. Yeah. I don't think they've got strong enough baby faces with the Usos essentially not able to, to perform at full speed. I don't think Los Matadores and the New Day are over enough. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of surprised that Ascension's not being pushed more, but I guess that really hasn't gone over, so they're backing off that a little bit. 
Yeah, I don't think Ascension has worked out like they were hoping. And, you know, I, I want everybody to get over. I, I, there, there aren't, there aren't a lot of wrestlers that I straight up am like, I don't want to see this guy ever again. I would love it if Ascension's gimmick worked, but you know what? It doesn't for me. Uh, they're not the new Legion of Doom. I think if they had packaged them a slightly different way, it might work better, but they don't have the look. Their intensity doesn't do it for me. And I'm, I've got to say, I'm, I'm honestly glad they're not in this match because I feel like they, they would have taken away from these other talented teams. Uh, I know I'm in the minority on this, but I really like New Day. I really want them to retain their, their babyface status. I know a lot of people are, are booing them. A lot of people think they should turn heel. I think the role of positive black role model is something that if they stick with it, they can get over. And, and I, I would like to see their gimmick work. But of course, it'll be up to the fans whether or not it does. So the Ascension, they were on Raw, but I guess they're not, they're not listed anywhere as being part of WrestleMania. No. They, they were in the match that was putting over the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Oh yeah, they're both in that, aren't they? Oh, gotcha. Right. I guess so, which is, uh, I, I guess, so let's, let's go ahead and wrap up the tag team situation. Yeah, sorry. Which I, I, I hate it that it, well, no, 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 that's fine, that's fine. I hate it that it doesn't warrant more conversation. But last minute changes to the division have kind of made it a flash in the pan kind of thing. Uh, you know, my personal prediction is that Cesaro and Kid are going to retain. Yeah. I don't see, obviously, the Usos can't do it uh, unless they have big plans for New Day. I don't see that happening. I don't feel like there's a big enough babyface pop to justify anybody going over Cesaro and Kid. That's that's what I feel too. I, I yeah, unless they're going to push New Day, uh, which they could. Um, yeah. I, and, and I think, but I don't think they're going to push them at not on a kickoff show. Maybe on right. Raw the next day or something, you know, but not on a kickoff show. Well, and that's the thing is is uh, here you could plant the seeds for a big pop. You can have Cesaro and Kid win in particularly dastardly ways over Los Matadores or over New Day, although it's interesting that Los Matadores have been getting heel reactions from the crowd. Uh, but I, I think that you just, uh, you know, New Day, if they get the right babyface win, it'll help them out a lot. But I think there's some storytelling to be done before that happens. Jonathan, what do you think about this one? About who who will win the match? About who's gonna yeah? About who's gonna go over? I agree. I think uh, Cesaro and Kid will win, and I also uh, that's who I think should win because um, yeah. they're they're actually just starting to get well, starting to catch on. I guess they started getting a push a couple months ago, and they won they won the titles at the Royal Rumble, right? Uh you know what? I have no idea. I think. It was it was fairly recently, so they haven't had them long. And I yeah, think, they haven't had them super long. No, and I, I would rather see them retain uh, than just see it kind of the titles just change hands, you know, every couple months, which is kind of well. I guess the Usos had them for a while too. Yeah, the Usos did. And, Usos like had them for Mike about said, a year. Yeah, they and they have been the backbone, and I do dig the Usos. Did, did uh, they? 
I, have them for a solid year or did no, they? No, I don't. No, it was off and on because I yeah because uh, um, the Dust Brothers got him for a little while. Oh right, yeah. But over the course of a year or so, the Usos had them longer than they did not. Yeah, and those guys are to me. They're kind of the the core of a good tag division. They're a classic 80s tag team. Uh, while people may not love them, there's really not anything to hate about them, so they're not creating the crowd split that a lot of competitors create nowadays. They're a hot 80s tag team. They're, they're really solid in the ring. They're fun to look at. They're wonderful. Like, I dig their gimmick. Uh, and I am a little concerned, though, about the presence of life. Because all that ever does is muddy things and, and I think give WWE creative the desire to create some kind of bullshit storyline. And we don't need that. The Usos are hot faces and it's really all they need to go with their act. I think yeah. so, but there comes a certain point oh, sure. where they are going to have to evolve and they're probably going to have to break up and then we're going to have to figure out which Uso is which. So when that, <laughs> point, you know, when that point comes and they kind of differentiate themselves... Uh, you know, that might happen this year, especially if one's yeah, injured. Yeah, and, and that's, that has, you know, traditionally, uh, that has been a, a jumping off point for tag team wrestlers to turn into singles wrestlers is when one of them uh, is sidelined. The other one has to step up and do things. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that works out. What's the, what is the injury? Is it something Shoulder. that's going to. I don't think it's so anything it's... major. I mean, obviously it's not too major because they're in this match. But uh, with this many men involved, it's easy to cover up. You know, one of them may not even tag in. It's it, yeah. it'll it'll depend on how it plays out. But yeah, it's a shoulder injury. Uh, so you know, you're looking at probably uh, at least eight weeks. So you know, that's that's a lot of time in wrestling time. Well, to uh, to further your point, I just like the fact that there are four tag teams, and then if you count the Ascension, and if the uh, former Wyatt family guys would actually, uh, you know, even if Bray Wyatt's kind of still doing his own thing, if the other two guys would form teams because they kind of make sense together still, they both look the same, there are actually several tag teams that look like tag teams, which I don't think has happened in a long time in WWE. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. It's... Even Cesaro and Kid, even though they don't have a name or they don't look anything alike, they at least... Uh, you know they're wearing matching colors, and they and they make sense well, together. They have a chemistry, right? Um, but all the you know the Matadors obviously look like a team. The New Day does. Uh, the Usos clearly do. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that doesn't just fizzle out, which often happens in WWE when they kind of either intentionally start moving in a different direction or just kind of stumble into something. Um, then they just kind of forget about it a lot of times. But I think a lot of people would like to see the tag team division elevated, you know, kind of yeah. like, I mean, like you were saying, the uh, Intercontinental title or the Intercontinental division or whatever is super hot right now. And I think the U.S. title is too because of uh, John Cena being involved in Rusev just doing a great job with, you know, with the title. So, I think those are things that a lot of people have wanted to see, and I guess partially that's happening because Brock Lesnar is not on TV every week, so they have to make the other titles important. But I'd really like to see the tag titles, you know, 
move back up to the status they used to have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the tag titles used to almost it used to almost feel like its own division rather than an afterthought. Yeah, uh, it, it used to be uh, almost equal to the world title, but it was two dudes rather than one dude. Uh, right. It hasn't been that in years, and I would love to see that again. Uh, and let's move on, though, because we've got our uh, we we had a unanimous decision that we think Cesaro and Kidd are going to retain. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, let's move on to, I guess, the next step up the card and the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which was instituted last year. It was won by Cesaro to little effect to his career. And I don't know if that's him or if that's creative. Uh, Cesaro is fun on the mic. He's amazing in the ring. I really don't know who fell off with that one. But because of that, I can't find myself caring too much about the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal this year because so far our only instance of this match has led to essentially nothing. Uh, how are you guys feeling about this one? And, and just to head off... Talking, you know, we don't want to list every single person that's going to be in this match. It's essentially everybody else. Right. <laughs> the only, the only standouts are the Miz and Damian Mizdow, who have the storyline going into this. Uh, other than that, you can basically look at the rest of the card. Everybody else that's not in a big match and they're in this. Uh, how do you guys feel about the the Andre the Giant Trophy? Uh, the significance of this match. What, what do you think, uh, Mike? I think it's a great idea, um, and I, I applauded them giving it to Cesaro last year, um, and because uh, every, and especially since it was a swerve, because I think we all thought the Big Show was going to get it, uh, and and the fact that it, it went to someone different, and and it, it was went to you know to push somebody who you know then became a Paul Heyman guy, and they really tried, but for some reason it just didn't click. So. Uh, that said, going into this year, I, I think you actually said the reason to care about it right there. I mean, this is the uh, match between Miz and Mizdow, uh, and that's why people are going to care about this. And, and I see Damian winning this match and really going over into the next year. That's I think that's the purpose of this this match. Everybody else can might have a moment or two, but this is really uh, the the big match between Miz and Mizdow. Jonathan, what do you think about this one? Um, well, uh, just to go back to last year's, I thought it was an awesome idea. And it seemed like, well, especially the way Cesaro won it, the way he kind of replicated that WrestleMania three Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant slam, but basically picked the big show up and ran across the ring and threw him out like, just that display of strength was really impressive. And it seemed like it did have some importance for maybe a week. <laughs> <laughs> like, it really seemed like that was going to take him somewhere. And then all of a sudden, it just didn't. And I don't really yeah. know what happened. Um, you know, other things like that, like maybe King of the Ring or, you know, things that are you win it, but it's not a title that, that you defend or something. They, they typically, I, I think, don't they typically elevate that person to some kind of title contention? Or Yeah, that's, that's usually the idea for this sort of thing is that 
in the absence of having an available title, it's a way to put like King of the Ring. Like you said, it's a way to sort of put somebody over without having them have to defend something. And I think the best use of that ever was King Booker. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, nobody's hail. ever done more with that gimmick than he did. I mean, he essentially made his WWE career with that. Uh-huh. Uh, because obviously Booker T was always going to be a legend from WCW, but until he was King Booker in WWE, I don't, you know, we all love Booker T, but I don't think he really cemented a WWE legacy until King Booker had. Yeah, the only thing he was known for was getting beat up in the supermarket by Stone. <laughs> right, and that's the clip that you would see time yeah, and again. Which is a great so, clip, too, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but. It wasn't anything that you build a legacy or a Hall of Fame, you know, entry on. But no. now there's no denying that Booker T is one of the elite. Uh, he he absolutely made the most of of that King of the Ring win. And I would love to see somebody do something similar, you know, with this Andre the Giant trophy. It it could really be a thing. Uh, Jonathan, do you have? Do you agree? Do you think Miz or Miz Dow is going to take it away, or do you think maybe they'll use it to elevate somebody else? Uh, I think that is definitely a possibility. I think it definitely will be the the final uh, dissolution between the two of them. Sure. It's probably going to be a thing where, you know, the Miz wants Miz Dow to, to voluntarily eliminate himself or something, and he refuses, and everybody gets behind Miz Dow. Yeah, I don't know if that he will ultimately win. I could see that. I think Curtis Axel actually, <laughs> since he's been boasting about never being eliminated from the Royal Rumble, I think he, <laughs> he probably will will have a chance. Um, he's either he's he should either have a be, moment here. Well, yeah. he's either going to be spotlighted or he's going to be eliminated in three seconds. <laughs> well, well, he's it, never going to make it. Wasn't it Eric Rowan that attacked him that prevented him from getting in the Rumble? Yes. And they're both they're both yeah, in this match, so I could see him maybe at least getting his his revenge and eliminating Rowan or something like that. Um, but I think there's also some kind of NXT tournament, so someone that wins that will be entered into it. So I could see them elevate. Yes. You know, bring in the next NXT star up that way. Well, too. and Triple H made a very interesting comment. Uh, if you if you happen to see the most recent episode of NXT, uh, which granted anybody listening to this right now, uh, we have had the big March twenty fourth episode of NXT uh, where Finn Balor has faced Eric. Owens, Owens, what the heck is his name? Kevin uh, Owens. Kevin, Kevin Owens. Why does formerly Kevin Steen. Uh, formerly Kevin Steen. Uh, we have not seen that yet because we're recording this Monday night after Raw. But the prior episode of NXT uh, featured some some really interesting stuff, and I feel like the big takeaway from that episode was Triple H making the statement: "This is no longer a developmental territory." This is a brand unto itself. And it was almost a throwaway segment, but Triple H doesn't say throwaway things. The w, the guys that edit WWE programming don't edit in throwaway things. 
And I wonder if maybe, you know, obviously NXT is a stepping stone to the big show. But with that being said, uh, I, I think maybe NXT is poised to be something, uh, a little more than it is. Cause it's right, right now, quite frankly, it's the best wrestling programming available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? Right now, it is time to introduce Mr. Noel Wood to this conversation. Uh, Noel? Yeah, and I want to kill Bill Gates. <laughs> Noel has faced some window updates difficulties, but I'm going to introduce Noel to the show by saying this. Uh, I have now done, this is the 51st episode of the Needless Things podcast, and the first podcast that I was ever on was Noel Woods' podcast for MC4TR, which is now known as Dork Droppings, dorkdroppings.com, is that correct? Oh, no, did we lose Noel already? <laughs> He's been eliminated from the... <laughs> Damn you, Skype! <laughs> Son of a bitch! Um, I was doing Noel's big entrance, which he deserves for being the guy that introduced me to the world of podcasting. And Skype decided to be a dick. Uh, then Skype is not putting Noel over <laughs> in the way that he deserves. Um, we're gonna hang in there. We're still recording. Yay. I still hear. I still hear Mike, and I still hear Jonathan. Yeah. So we're gonna keep going. I'm here. Can you hear me now? Uh, yes. Are you there? Yeah. We'll see if it uh, if, if Skype crashes again. Well, we. Uh, I was just putting you over as the guy who basically popped my podcasting cherry uh, with your with your gentle Ooh. touch, uh, and and it was a wrestling and it was a wrestling only, podcast too. It it was it was for WrestleMania for years ago. I don't even remember. It must have been at least it was four or five, five years, years ago, ago right? two thousand ten, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my gosh! And uh, you have the only recorded instance of my drunken Dusty Rhodes, which was pretty awesome. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. It's it's not the best Dusty Rhodes impersonation, but it's probably <laughs> one of the funniest. Uh, so, Noel, welcome to the conversation. We were just wrapping up our thoughts on the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I'll go ahead and say that while I believe the crowd pleaser is to have Damian Mizdow win, or to at least have the Miz Mizdow feud involved in the finish in some way. I think the Miz Mizdow feud is hot enough that it does not need this win and that they should take this opportunity to put somebody else over. I don't know that I think that somebody else is Curtis Axel. <laughs> no, no. Because no. Even, even though I've, no, even though I've been enjoying the Axelmania gimmick, he still is stiff. The guy just does not have the charisma that his daddy had. And I hate to say that because I, I was totally behind him, but but boy, does he not have it going on. Uh, but to make a pick, I don't want to prevaricate. I don't want to go back and forth. I want to go ahead and say, I'm going to stick with Damian Mizdow taking the trophy. Uh, I feel like a, a potential possibility is Miz taking it under duress. But I think they're going to go with the happy babyface Mizdow win because I think there are going to be enough other fan disappointing segments on the card that this is going to be one of the bright shining spots um we jonathan did that did you even get your pick in what was your pick for this one i i didn't i guess if i had to pick i'm gonna say you have to okay pick. well i'm 
I'm going to say either. Well, I kind of, I, oh, there's no, no, either. I mean, there's no, either. I kind of agree with, I agree with you, but I, I don't know. I feel like something, I feel like Curtis Axel might do it. I think it'll either be Curtis yeah. Axel, Mizdow, or whoever the NXT entrant is. Pick one. Pick one. Do it. Right. Do then it. I'll, I'll go with the NXT entrant, but I have no idea. Oh, interesting. <laughs> All right, Noel, welcome to the conversation. Hey. We've thrown you into the we've thrown you into the deep end of the pool. You've got a pick just right off the top of your head. Who's your pick for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? Um, it's gonna it's gonna be Kane or the Big Show, just because. <laughs> What? <laughs> I I can see that. <laughs> yeah, because really, because that's just what they're doing right now. And and you know what? Let me uh to to not not that you need my backing, but let me go ahead and put Noel over in all of the years that I've been watching wrestling, and I am a lapsed uh, wrestling fan. Uh, I, I was big into WWF when I was a kid. And then around 1996 is when I got back into it, and Noel was kind of my wrestling mentor and guru through those years. Uh, there are not a lot of people that I will defer to on really anything, but Noel on wrestling is definitely one of those, like, I, I have to at least acknowledge his wisdom. So I can't discount your Kane Big Show pick. I, I, I guess it's I, I am a little jaded right now because I'm gritting my teeth at the fact that those two, you know, while very talented guys who've had long careers that are are to be expected, um, those two guys are in the main events on television every single week, and I don't understand why. But well, and and it's it's because, uh, you know what I I don't want to attack. WWE for treating company men well. But at the same time, when you do it to the detriment of the product, I have to question that. Oh. Uh, and Big Big Show and Kane are absolutely company men. Uh, and we'll get into Kane's status a little bit more when we start talking about the Undertaker match. Um, but it's it's tough for me... To, to have negative opinions about those guys because so often they've taken what they've been handed and done the best they can with it. But they've been castrated uh, in there. You know, when they come out there and Stephanie yeah. McMahon tells them to go home and they just put their heads down and they walk around and walk away in shame or, you know, they get beaten every single week and they turn every other week and we're still supposed to believe that they're some sort of unbeatable giant. Yeah, and that that's the big issue. And and Jonathan, you've actually brought this up a couple of times when we've been talking about wrestling. Uh what what is your feeling uh, about Big Show or I guess technically Danny only's feeling about Big Show? Oh, uh that he you should be able to count the number of people that have defeated him on one hand, I think was the way he put it. Absolutely. Exactly. And and I agree with that 100%. Uh, I, I think it's shameful the way that WWE has treated Big Show. Uh, it really since he came in, uh, even his debut, botching an attack on Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, that really set the stage for Big Show's career. Well, the whole WWE. reason why Vincent May went out there and got him was because he said WCW doesn't know how to book a giant, 
He said, I can do it so much better, and he proceeded to do the complete opposite. <laughs> he proved himself wrong. So we've got we've got some varying opinions on on the outcome of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which is good. That's why I've got you guys all here. And I think it's time to move on to let's go ahead and hit the Divas match next because uh, honestly I don't know how much conversation we'll have about that. WWE is trying very hard to put the Divas division over. Uh, they have the whole give Divas a chance hashtag. And they're giving Divas a chance by not even having them defend uh, the title on the major pay-per-view, which I don't agree with. Uh, I think every title should be defended at WrestleMania. And I, I'm not crazy about this being a tag match. And I honestly... Uh, I've turned a corner on Paige. I finally appreciate her... And, and what she does and her talent, what she brings to the table. I've always been a fan of AJ Lee. Uh, the Bellas are sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. But regardless of how we feel about them, we have a tag match with AJ Lee and Paige facing the Bellas at WrestleMania. Uh, the tone has changed just a little bit because on Raw tonight, AJ and Paige got into a confrontation that was manufactured by the Bellas, and I did appreciate that little bit of mind game storytelling that they did. Uh, the Bellas essentially created a situation where they gave a, Nikki gave an open challenge, and AJ or Paige could accept to challenge for the Divas Championship. They just had to figure out which one of them would do it. Uh, Paige ended up doing it, and of course, sparks ensued. But I just don't know how excited I am for this match versus uh, a big feel women's match. They just can't seem to capture the magic of the Trish Stratus and uh, Mickey James and Lita days. And now they have the women of NXT who are putting on incredible matches. And, and I feel like it's kind of shitty of me to say that look like matches that men would have. But if you look at the history of women's wrestling, they are a different breed for men. But the women in NXT are having matches that you could not distinguish from men's matches. They're incredible. And the, the divas on the main shows have a, a tough road ahead of them if they're going to match that. What do you guys think about the Divas division right now? Noel, you just joined us, so uh, what do you um, think? It's, ultimately, it's kind of skippable right now. I think that the four, and it's funny because I've got Raw on right now, and I'm, I'm seeing the match between uh, the, the Divas that, that was going on from this night's Raw. Um, the four that are being highlighted in this match are pretty much the four on the main roster that really have any sort of talent whatsoever at this point. And there's so much stuff that's yeah. brimming underneath in NXT, and if they're going to do a re, you know, just rehaul the division, which I think they're probably going to do pretty soon, yeah, post WrestleMania, I think we can see some good things. You bring up your Charlottes, you bring up your, your Sasha Banks, you bring up, you know, the ones that are, you know, down there that are just outshining everybody in the main roster right now. Dude, ba Bailey, Bailey, and uh, Becky, Becky Lynch. What is her last name? Mm -hmm. Becky Reconnage. Lynch. Holy shit, dude! They had a match on NXT. Uh, I watched about five NXTs in the, in one night. I don't remember which one it was, but Bailey and Becky Lynch had a match that was incredible. Uh, they are workers 
Well, it wasn't that long ago that Paige and Emma were being talked about like that from their NXT matches, and now yeah, then Emma stole an iPhone case. <laughs> well, <laughs> Emma never, okay. So let me let Emma never really had a had anything going for her once they brought her up because they she was like the the weird fan in the crowd that was paired with Santino and that well, she had a gimmick that got over at NXT, but when you bring it out in front of 15,000 people, you know, that don't know the gimmick. Well, it, here's the smart thing about NXT though, is they, they had within the last couple of episodes, they had Emma back on the show talking to Bailey, telling her, Hey, yeah, guess what? I had a gimmick where I went out and hugged people and loved people and was happy. And guess how that worked for me? I'm back in NXT now. <laughs> like it was, it was an interesting moment, uh, where it shows to me, uh, and, and apparently, you know, trip, NXT is Triple H's yeah. baby. And that's fascinating to me because NXT hits everything just right. Uh, but you know what? I, I said it at the top of the show. We're going to have to do an NXT-centric podcast. We've got to stick to the Divas right now. So as far as the WWE Divas, where do you see this uh, this tag team match at WrestleMania going? Um, uh, really, it doesn't matter. Um, no, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't have a prediction because it doesn't matter which team wins. It's 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 kind of there's no title on the line. Um, you know, right. chances are there's going to be some AJ Page confrontation that's going to wind up costing the match and the bells are going to go over. That's my prediction if I have to make one. But honestly, it doesn't matter. to I don't care. And it doesn't matter what what happens regardless. It's it's a kind of a non-factor. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not wrong. And that's kind of sad. Yeah. Well, um, Jonathan, what do you what do you think? What do you see happening? Uh, what he just said, I think. Obviously, after what happened on Raw tonight, there's going to be some sort of tension between Emma, I mean, uh, not Emma, Paige and AJ that will cost them the match. Um, I don't think, I think it'll be a, a better match than, than we're giving it credit for just because I think, I thought that tonight was good. I think the Diva, I think the Bellas have, have improved a lot over, I guess, maybe the last year. And, um, yeah. I, I think, the Divas matches have been better as of late. Um, I don't think this one has a whole lot of uh, consequence to it. I, it almost seems like this match should have either been on the pay-per-view before WrestleMania to lead into a title match, or it should be like the fallout of a Divas title match at WrestleMania at the next pay-per-view. But... It is what it is, so I'm guessing it will somehow set up a title match for the future, maybe. Um, hopefully it won't be the Bellas against each other again, because that was confusing enough well, and just to me. Out. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, well, they're the Bellas, like, yeah. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> forget and, all and that what, stuff. And what happened is, oh, we've got a, we've got a show to put them back on, so they've got to be pals right. again. Yeah. And now apparently their uh, creative is wanting you to forget that Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella are married. Right, right. Well, yeah. but that's that I can't fault too much because 
That's just how things go, man. I mean, they do, they need different things for creative than they need from life. So I, I can't really attack that too much. Uh, Mike, what's your outlook on the Divas match? Well, I have to agree. Unfortunately, I mean, I don't even, was there even a, a Divas match last year? I was trying to think if there was, and I don't think so. And the, the only one I can remember prior to that on a WrestleMania was one involving Maria Menunos or something, or, or, uh, uh, and I think, um, wasn't, um, oh, that, uh, Jersey girl on there. Snooky, um, we were, we were there for that. That was in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, it, it, so wrestling, unfortunately, I mean, I do think they do have, uh, some talent there, but I don't think they are able to show it. It's so strange because just what, six, seven months ago, was it at SummerSlam that they had two women's matches on the card? Uh, one was AJ and Paige and the other was Stephanie and the Bellas, uh, or one of the Bellas. And, uh, and, and those were both decent. Actually, that Stephanie match was like way more better than anybody could have ever dreamed. And yet here we are kind of back to square one again. Um, and the talents there, again, I agree that the Bellas are getting better. Uh, and I see no reason that, uh, this match should stink, but there's no, great storyline behind it there's nothing there's no ramifications who wins who loses there's no belt on the line it just doesn't really matter uh i think it's i think total divas is over for a while so i think it's time for the bellas to give up the belt and disappear maybe for a little while but i don't see any of that storyline happening here yeah i and that's the thing is it seems to me like an unfortunate amount of the importance of the of the women's division relies on watching Total Divas. And I don't watch Total Divas. I don't care about it. I, I have no interest in it. Uh, and it's nothing against the Divas division. It's reality television. I don't give a crap, especially when it's not reality. Because that show <laughs> right. is just as scripted as CSI or Sleepy Hollow or anything else that's on television. Or Monday Night Raw. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's essentially a bunch of horse shit, and I, I just don't care about that. Uh, and, and that's what's fed into, you know, Natalia and, and a lot of the things that if you just watch Raw and SmackDown, you don't understand the decisions that are being made because they come from that show. Uh, and it I, is a Divas title. Well, and it is, and you're right. It is a Divas title, but I feel like it should be, the narrative there should be available to anybody independent of that reality show. Absolutely. Uh, so my call on that one is, is yeah, I hate to do it because I, I really want to see a strong Divas division, but I just don't care that much. I feel like the match could be very good. Uh, you've got three, I feel you've got three very talented women in that ring that can have a, a great match and a, an entertaining WrestleMania match. But, uh, I, you know, in the end of the day, no, it really doesn't matter. There's nothing at stake. It, it, it just doesn't matter that much. Uh, so next in line, let's see here. I think, and, and this to me, cause I've had a few conversations about this card and whether it's strong or whether it's weak or what people are excited about. But to me, it's a testament of the strength of this card 
that the next match we're going to discuss is the U.S. title match with Rusev versus John Cena. Uh, I'm going to kick this one off because I have some very strong feelings about this match. Over the last couple of years, I have started to feel differently about John Cena. I respect the fact that he's the consummate babyface, that he works... He gives 150% of himself for this company. He loves this business. Uh, no, he's not an amazing technical wrestler. Uh, and, and he's, he does the same thing on the microphone again and again and again and again. But when it counts, he pulls out huge matches, important matches. You can't look back at a WrestleMania match that John Cena has been involved in and say that he gave anything less than a stellar performance. Uh, so it's very interesting to me that he's at this level. He's not in the main event. Uh, I feel that the story of John Cena being absolutely destroyed by Brock Lesnar uh, at, I think it was Night of Champions last year, Mm-hmm. Was that the match where he just got thrown all over the place for essentially 20 minutes? Uh, he was destroyed by Brock Lesnar. He was beaten by Rusev. Uh, he, he was put in the Rusev's submission hold until he passed out. And I think the story of John Cena facing entropy, facing the fact that he's aging and that... Can he get it done anymore? Is his time passed? I was fascinated by that story. I thought it was very interesting going into this that this wasn't about the U.S. championship. This was about whether or not John Cena could get the job done anymore, whether or not he could perform on the big stage. And then, a couple of weeks ago, John Cena cuts your your standard... Same old bullshit promo about how Rusev has the U.S. title and how that's embarrassing for America, and it killed every bit of interest I had in this match (laughs) because it took away from every piece of character development that's been done with John Cena over the past year and turned it into some fucking jingoistic, old-school bullshit. And while normally I love that kind of stuff, I was so impressed with what they had done with Cena up to this point and that I thought we were going to see some really interesting character stuff from him. Uh, now I'm disappointed. Wh- what do you guys think about this match? Uh, who do you want to start? Uh, <laughs> who, whoever. Let's see. Noel, we started with you last time. Mike, what do you think about this one? Um, I, it's not my, the one I'm looking forward to most on the card, but I do think it's got potential. Um, I'm really like the rising star of Rusev over the past year. I think that's been really well done. Um, he's been one of the storylines, uh, that, uh, and one of the big pushes that I, I haven't had a problem with. I think they've handled it pretty much, uh, on, on course. Uh, of course, the big thing is, you know, with him is that he hasn't been, "Quote unquote undefeated." I think there's been times where they could technically say that he has, but sure, sure. for the story's purposes, of course, they're saying he's undefeated on, going on into television. Wrestling. He's undefeated, but, which is yeah. what counts because right. because wrestling, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> so um, 
and yeah, uh, you know, they're going to play out the, the, the USA, uh, versus Russia card. Um, you know, I, I think it's some way for them to sort of, uh, sort of try to drown out the, the, the Cena, uh, chance in some ways for WrestleMania. But, um, it's pretty obvious to me anyway that uh, it may be too obvious. Maybe they're not going to go this way. But if they are going to do something in the storyline a little deeper, like you're suggesting, which would be kind of interesting, um, uh, the outcome would be a little different. But I, I just see John Cena just, you know, getting it done. And uh, and hopefully Rusev doesn't sort of disappear after this. But uh, I do see that... Um, I do see Cena prevailing in this match. Unfortunately, I agree with you. Um, there was a time where I really hoped that, well, I still hope that Rusev will win, but there was a time where I really thought that Rusev would win and that we would get to see, you know, maybe the day will come when John Cena is hoping he can win a match against Zack Ryder. You know, we'll see Cena hit bottom and then will really have a way for the crowd to get behind him. Once again, we'll see him fall from grace and have to work his way back up, however that may happen. But I think maybe that storytelling is a little too subtle for the WWE of 2015. I don't know. It would be very daring. You it know, would. it would be take it would be taking that beating that he took from Brock to a whole new level and something that they've never really done before. Um, and handled in the right way, I, I think it would be, it could be the most compelling story of the year if they, you know, they turn it into a, a, a huge John Cena moment next year at WrestleMania if they did that. But I don't see them doing that. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I, well, and I think you're right. But I think if there is one single guy in the whole company that they could have gotten away with that with, it's yes. John Cena. Yeah, there's not too many people who could lose a big event, a big match at WrestleMania and still sell just as much merchandise without it making a dent whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as much as he does split the crowds, as far as just overall fan reaction, John Cena is bulletproof. I don't think there's anything they could do with him that would kill the magic that he has. Um, Jonathan, what's your feelings on this one? Well, I I also noticed uh, that story playing out, especially at, I guess it was at Fastlane, the commentators were really laying it on pretty thick um, that he's, you know, he's kind of a veteran now. Yes. And yes. they weren't sure if he could actually do it and blah, 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 blah. And then he lost, and it was in such a way that he didn't technically give up which is his big thing, never back down, never quit, all that kind of stuff. So he lost, but it was, you know, with, uh, without. With an asterisk. Yes. Or, you know, just without shame, I guess, without going against what he stands for. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if, you know, the obvious thing seems that he will probably win, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, cause they did do a year long build to him and the rock. So they could, you know, this could be, uh, the beginning of a big build back up to something, uh, for next year. And I think, I think that probably would endear him to a lot of the people that 
chant Cena sucks and stuff like that because then they'd feel bad for saying that. You know what I mean? And right, then they'd be right. like, "Whoa!" And, you know, the the I think most of those people actually respect him in the same way you were saying you respect him. Yeah. Um, and if if he started to show some vulnerability, then some of those people would probably rally behind him. And then, you know, he could come back and win the Royal Rumble or something like that and get right back to where he was in a year um, without, without, uh, and it could be against Rusev for that matter. You know, they, if, if Rusev wins at WrestleMania against John Cena, that's going to catapult him oh, sure. to the next level. So this time next year, he very well could be the champion. And then John Cena could get his, his revenge or whatever, you know, a year from now. Um, I guess that's kind of what I, well, short term, I would like to see Rusev win. And what's the deal with Lana? I, I heard she's, the commentators. She's filming a movie is the, is the real reason she's not around. Uh, storyline wise, they really haven't gotten into it too deeply. Other than to say, uh, the, you know, last week they had some guy, some bad drama club guy come out with Rusev. Oh, that guy was terrible. Yeah, that was really bad. Uh, and wait, was, did anybody else actually think for a second that was Chris Jericho under some heavy makeup? <laughs> <laughs> because for one split second, I was like, is that Jericho? That's funny. No, no, maybe it's just me. me. But yeah, that was that was bad, and and he was not on Raw tonight. So I think they know that that well, was they, a bad call. They completely buried him on commentary. I'm sure that, that you know Vince McMahon was in JBL's ear, going like, "Kill this guy." Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> really? it was awful, and and honestly, uh, so far, you know, even though we've talked about a couple of things that we don't care for about WrestleMania, I think the worst crime is eliminating Lana from the equation because any moment that Lana is not on screen is less good than it would have been. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree That's actually with that. My, my, the thing with, the thing with Lana and, and Rusev, um, I'm sure you recall the moment where they took Ricardo Rodriguez away from Alberto Del Rio. Yes. And if they ever take Lana away from Rusev permanently, it will be the death of that character. Well, and that's the problem is that she is off filming a WWE film now. I don't know how long she's going to be gone, but yeah, Rusev, they, the thing is, if they had planned ahead, they could have very slowly gotten to the point where, where the either storyline reasons or they could have weaned Rusev away from her somewhat. But the way that they did it, she's just gone. And her absence is noted. Like it's he well, he, she, he still needs her. Yeah. She was very. I, I very think she'll integral. be back. She was very integral in his victory yes. at Fastlane in a very old school heel manager way that you don't see in WWE very often. All she did was a tiny little distraction, and that was all it took. Yeah. And I I loved that. And uh, you know uh, when I was watching Raw tonight, the commentators were sort of trying to explain where she was and I didn't I just didn't get what they were saying and I didn't see whatever happened last week so I don't know what what you're referring to but she essentially like, uh when she she gave the uh she gave the rematch to Cena or she gave oh, the match to Cena at WrestleMania and or Rus made it a Rusev title match or something be, right she she gave she 
she said, yes, it's a U.S. title match to Cena, and Rusev didn't care for that. So what did he do? He got mad at. Well, he Matt. was he was in uh, Cena's shitty submission hold at the time, so he he didn't do much of anything, <laughs> other, other other than be in pain and sad. Um, well, I, I don't want to spend too much more time on this. Let's go ahead and get our calls on this match. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I think Cena's going to go over. Uh, I I want Rusev to retain because I love what they've done with him. I like how strong he is. And, you know, this does more for Rusev than it does for Cena. But I feel like Cena's going to go over. Um, I think, Mike, you, you agreed with that, Jonathan? Uh, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. But I'm still going to say Rusev is going to win. Interesting. Okay, Noel, what do you mm. think? <laughs> well, I think that Cena's going to win. I, I don't want it to happen. Um, but I also think it's really interesting. This is one point about this whole storyline. Um, the, the way the announcers have, have been basically saying that Cena is like, he's old and run down. And this is a very sudden thing. Yeah. And in a time where you really don't have any baby face main eventers, because you're taking, you know, the ones that you potentially could have, like, like the Dolph Ziggler's and the Daniel Bryan's of the world, and you're just shoving them down into an Aerocotton title match. Um, and then you have Roman Reigns, who nobody's buying right now. Cena still is your top babyface. Well, and, but, and they're doing everything they can to make him not be before they go into this match. So, anyway, you were, you were... Well, here's the thing about that, though. And uh, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more later. But I don't feel like they're shoving Brian in, into the IC title. I feel like they're elevating the IC division... By putting Brian in it, I think... I, I hope so, but nobody has ever won a match while being the Internet, Intercontinental Champion for like the last four years. Well, <laughs> It's I, basically like you win the match to win the title, and then you lose every match until you eventually lose the title. But the division has not been this hot since 1999. They have, And is, is that because of a design on the division, or because they can't figure out what else to do with the seven talented people that are in that match. Have we covered that match yet, or did no, we? No, we, uh, have, we haven't covered that match yet, and we're going okay, to get good. to it. But I think there's a plan in place, uh, and I think it's more about Brock Lesnar than it is about that division. But I think the that division is a happy side effect of the Brock Lesnar plan. But we'll get there. Before we get there, right. we've got to talk about Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. Uh <laughs> this is oh. a this is a tough one for me because <sighs> Seth Rollins I feel like has been doing a fantastic job of doing what he's doing. Uh I'm thrilled to see Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury back on my television. Um <laughs> but I have never for one second bought Randy Orton as anything that WWE has ever tried to present him as. I don't I don't like him. I'll never like him. Uh, and it's not, it's not storyline like. It's not even X-Pac heat. I just don't buy him. Everything he does, every word out of his mouth, every move he does in the ring is artificial. I'm not a fan. I don't understand, aside from the fact that he doesn't hurt people, I don't understand how he is where he is. Uh, I, I just cannot give one little bit of a shit about the guy. <laughs> what do you guys think about this this somewhat odd setup? 
Uh, let's let's start with Mike on this one. Um, I am a huge Seth Rollins fan. Uh, I've become that over the last year, and to me, he could uh, wrestle a broomstick, and I think he have the potential to steal the show, especially with this card. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this is about uh, a couple steps above that, um, in my opinion, because I, 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 I think I have a slightly higher uh, opinion of Randy Orton than you do. But <laughs> you, um, would, you would almost but, have to, <laughs> but only yes, I think only because uh, by default I do. Um, uh, but uh, whether I, I don't see Seth winning uh, because Seth. Uh, loses so marvelously. Yeah. Um, that, uh, and it's so entertaining. And, and like I said, uh, he, every match he's been in, especially on pay-per-views over the past year has been better for it. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to this match. Anytime he steps in the ring, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Rollins. And what's the, the shame about Rollins is we don't get to see his in-ring work as much as I would like to see it. But it's because he's playing that money-in-the-bank guy role so well. Yeah. Now, we'll talk about what he potentially can do with the briefcase a little later. But um, I definitely think that uh, uh, he's losing this match. Yeah, I would agree with that because Randy Orton needs to win it more than Seth Rollins does. Absolutely. Um, Jonathan, what do you think? Um, I think Randy Orton will probably win the match um, because Seth Rollins does have the briefcase. So even if he loses this, he could still become the champion either later that night or somewhere in the somewhat near future because don't – doesn't he have to cash it in before within a year of money yeah, in the bank? So. Yes, and I, I don't, I don't know if this is the case, but it seems like he's held on to it longer than most people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I, I hope that doesn't just end up being a thing like, "Oops, we forgot," and right. he loses it or something stupid. But, uh, but then again, um, because his because the thing was happening with Brock, that has given him very few opportunities to cash in. Right. More than almost anybody else has ever had it. Yeah, and I don't think uh, it would be smart for him to cash in on Brock. I think it'd be better <laughs> to to cash in on. I don't know if Roman. I guess Roman Reigns would be good because they still have history from the Shield, and that could that would be a natural. You know, if he if he cash it in at WrestleMania, which I'm not sure if anyone's ever done that successfully or if at all at WrestleMania. No, I don't think that's actually happened. I think we expect it every single year. Yeah. But I don't think it's ever happened at Mania. Didn't uh didn't Kane cash in on Chavo for the ECW or something like that? No. <laughs> that's no, right. Kane No he somebody cashed, cashed in on somebody at, at WrestleMania one year. For the ECW, I think you're right. Yeah yeah yeah. Was it ECW or was it or was it I don't know. It was something terrible. Well, Kane cashed, won it and cashed it in the same night, I think. And I think it was against Rey Mysterio for the world title. Oh, is that right? It I think so. It had to be a mania then because they've only, had, they've only had Money in the Bank as a separate pay-per-view for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, it's only been... Which I think uh, is a mistake, by years. the way. 
I think Money in the Bank should be a, a signature WrestleMania match. The first Money in the Bank was the was the year. It was, I guess it's been like three or four years because it was the year that CM Punk and John Cena had that ridiculously awesome match. Oh, that was the yeah, first Money in the yeah, Bank pay per view. Right. So that was like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, Orton and Rollins. Uh, it's it's look. I don't like Orton, but he is capable of being a great prop for a great match. Uh, I think this is going to be an entertaining match. I think there, the, the it, it's not anything I'll ever want to watch again. But I think in the context of of falling in the middle of WrestleMania, it's going to be perfectly fine. Uh, I think you guys are right. I think Orton goes over. And uh, did we hit everybody on that one? Not me. Oh no! What do you think? I'm I'm less concerned with the outcome of this match than I am with this ridiculously stupid setup to it that makes me not give a shit who wins this match. Because this whole thing with Randy Orton coming back, and he could have just come back and popped the crowd as a baby face, but no, he's got to play like, oh, I'm still a member of the authority. Oh, that, that was absurd. And that everyone was. is going to is gonna be suspicious, except for Seth Rollins. And this is my my issue, is that Seth Rollins has the potential to be one of the biggest stars over the next few years. And you make him look like a complete idiot yeah. by falling for Randy. And I realize he's the heel, so he is supposed to be kind of the idiot, but not to this level. So This is a guy uh, who can't tie his shoes, is a guy that believes Randy Orton is on his side. And well, and Randy Orton comes out and ta- in, in like a thirty-minute introduction to Raw one week, and basically says, "I'm going to beat the shit out of you." And yeah. he's just like, "Oh, I'm, you're just joking around." And we everybody knew it was coming, except for him, of course. So yeah, that was that was really bad. That was that was some incredibly weak storytelling. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would I would I would suspect that Orton goes over just because it's WrestleMania and you get the babyface victory, and uh, as aforementioned. Um, Rollins has the briefcase, so he's kind of got that to fall back on yeah. after all this. And exactly. really, what are you going to do with Randy Orton after this? Yeah, babyface needs- Randy Orton is is a terrible thing. So yeah, babyface Randy. So the only thing worse than babyface Randy Orton is heel. Or I'm sorry, the only thing worse than heel Randy Orton is babyface Randy Orton. <laughs> um, let's move on and not talk about Ortonology any further. Uh, it is time now to talk about. For me, the highlight of WrestleMania, and that is the ladder match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. I am unbelievably excited for this. I'm amazed at how quickly WWE has made this division matter over the past couple of months. Uh, and it's thanks in large part to the absolute electric chemistry between Dolph Ziggler and Daniel Bryan. Uh, those two have seemingly out of nowhere developed this intense rivalry that I buy, that I want to see more of, and that has just become this thing unto itself, uh, to me, that's almost similar to Rock and Triple H in the early years, uh, before they were main eventers, back when they were in the IC division. Uh, but we also have a number of other huge talents involved in this match. We have Stardust, who has recently undergone his weird crisis with his brother and who is, it almost feels like he was just stuck in this match, but I'm curious to see what he does. Uh, Luke Harper, who to me has been the standout of the Wyatt family. Uh, Bray obviously has his own business on the card, 
But out of all three members of the Wyatt family, Luke Harper is the one that's been the most interesting to me over the past few months. Uh, Dean Ambrose, who is the crazy wild card, who I don't even give a shit what he's doing because it's always interesting. And then R-Truth, who has been silly fun and who I've <laughs> not been able to take seriously since he came to WWE. But at the same time, I don't mind him being on my screen. And then finally, the actual champion, Bad News Barrett, who it took me a long time to warm up to, but who I now think is a great IC champ. He's great on the screen, and he's playing this role of the beleaguered champ incredibly well. This match is fucking on fire, and I'm so excited to see this thing play out. Uh, I'll go ahead and give my prediction for it. And I think that Barrett retains. And I say that because Brian and Ziggler is its own entity. Neither one of them right now, neither one of them need the title. Now, if we get some kind of rematch situation at Backlash or whatever fruity fucking name they come up with for the pay-per-view that follows WrestleMania, uh, we may see some closure there. But... I think Barrett is doing a fine job as champ. I think he stays that way because I think everybody else in this match can advance in a way that does not involve this title. Uh, what do you guys think about this match? Let's start with Noel this time. Well, um, this, this match suffers from what a lot of stuff at WrestleMania suffers from for the, me this year in that I know it's going to be a really awesome match, but the build has just been so contrived that it makes me not want to even care about it. Um, I know the match is going to be awesome. I think everybody in the match is, is an amazing worker. Um, I, I will always be an R-Truth fan. I think he's, um, kind of been the highlight just in him going out there and just being goofy the whole time. Um, yeah, Brian and, and Ziggler obviously have been stars, but you know, I, I kind of feel like all of them are kind of above this match because of the way the Intercontinental title has been treated over the course of the last, oh, I don't know, what, three years. Um, I love Wade Barrett. I think Wade Barrett has, he has, he's, he to me is a five school player. He's a great worker. He's a great talker. He has that it factor. He's got a great look. And I don't understand why. Five years after his debut, he is in a, in a, what's kind of an inconsequential intercontinental title picture at this point in time. Um, and I think that he retains. I think that you're right. He retains because he's the guy that kind of has the most to gain out of that. Um, but I, I, to me, seeing guys like Luke Harper and Dean Ambrose and Brian and, and, and Daniel Bryan and, and, uh, and Dolph Ziggler in this match, who should be, Way above where they are, along with, along with Wade Barrett. Um, the whole, the whole thing kinda, yeah, well, puts a bad taste in my mouth. See, here's, um, here's and my- Stardust should be wrestling gold dust. There's no reason uh, yes. why he shouldn't. Yes, I, I agree with that 100%. Here's my, here's where I come in with the IC title. Uh, I don't feel like these guys are are dropping themselves to the level of the title. I feel like the title is being elevated because of the Brock Lesnar situation. I wish I were that optimistic. See that, and and, and, and I wish that the, that I that the bookers that I could believe that the bookers had that much 
um, pre-planning with this. But I just know that ever since, and I'm trying to think of, of where it began, but the Intercontinental title has basically been like, you put it on a guy so he can go out and lose. I mean, before all this stuff started, Wade Barrett won that title and then lost to Sin Cara, his first title match on a SmackDown. And it just blew my mind. I was like, why would Sin Cara even be in this picture? Why would he even earn a match against Wade Barrett title or not but, at that point I, in time the whole, in the storyline? The whole reason I still watch wrestling is because I have faith that corners can be turned. And I feel like since the beginning of the year, WWE, in whatever way, is a different place than it was even in December. And And I've been bitten by that feeling before. But I really do feel like there's something going on here and things are changing. Uh, and I really hope you're right. I, I you know, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I admire your optimism. <laughs> I think that, I, I you know, I, I think that that would be a wonderful thing if it happens. And it's, I guess I'm a little cynical just because of the way things have gone over the last uh, yeah, few and, months. And you know what? There, there's nothing wrong with that. You've been a fan basically since you were born. You've seen the ebbs and flows and I understand over the last 15 years, there have been a lot more ebbs uh, than, than there have been anything else. So I, I get your cynicism, uh, but I just have a feeling that we're in a good spot. Mike, how do you feel? Um, I'm, I'm more in the Noel camp. Um, oh no, no. Yeah, Mike. Uh, yes. I, I, I gotta, I gotta say if, if, the, the WWE, the powers that be were really treating the intercontinental title as you suggested and raising it up. We wouldn't have had this, uh, play keep away for the last, uh, four weeks or whatever it's been, uh, because that was just, uh, a joke. Um, and not basically saying that any of these guys could be the champion. It doesn't really matter. We don't know really what to do with them. The storylines between all these guys is non-existent. It's just a match of talent. It's not, and it, and I think it's going to be a great match, because uh, like everybody in it is solid. So I think the match itself is going to be pretty interesting, but there's no story here. Absolutely no story. Now, I do think that they had the potential, if they wanted to expand the card, of having great come I mean from some of these matchups um, I didn't know that Daniel Bryant and Dolph Ziggler had any sort of chemistry but I could tell from the last few minutes I saw of the match in Raw tonight that that was intense and awesome and I was so surprised when uh, Ziggler won uh, just by it wasn't like a cheat or anything like that yeah, he yeah. just solidly beat him well and that's and what's I was so like, interesting about what these two have going is we don't get a lot of that natural rivalry anymore. A right. lot of times it has to be heel versus babyface. But these guys, um, you know, they're not bad guys. They're not necessarily good guys. They're just competing. And that's fascinating. And they're pulling it off. Yeah, I just um, don't see the, the you know, and if, you know, if the 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 title belt, goes back or comes to Roman on this, then then this goes, the Intercontinental belt goes back to where it's been before. You're right. And it's always going to be, because, and I think this year, even with Brock gone, they've managed to have, like, 
main title or main events without the belt that might as well that could have been there with the belt there. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they elevated this the, the Intercontinental belt. They just pretended that there was like no belt there or you know, they had the, the same players sure. in the mix. Sure. There was just no belt to go to fight over. Yeah. So um yeah, I think there's enough evidence here to suggest that, you know, obviously they don't know what to do with Daniel Bryan. I mean, that's that's plain and clear. I don't know that um, that is clear, though, because you have to take into account the fact that Daniel Bryan got hurt and they essentially had to put Roman Reigns in his slot. Well, this, except that they this didn't and they the realized that. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I, I think that um, they... You know, they look at Roman and, and I, and I do think they're not wrong in, in thinking that he is in a lot of ways the future or the face of the company and can be someday, but someday, right. But, uh, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if that happened too soon and why they didn't dial back on it when they could have. I, I don't know. But all I know is that right now it's pretty clear to me that, you know, Daniel Bryan's the is 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 really popular, more popular than uh, a lot of the guys that are in this. Certainly in this match, yeah. And 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 you know, I mean, if he doesn't win, uh, you know, I mean that that takes him more steps down. I mean, you know, uh, people were upset after the Rumble. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and then again, he just you know, sort of just loses to Dolph Ziggler tonight. Um, you know, it's just sort of like, well, I guess they're just not really pushing him at all. Um, and if, if, I don't know that it matters who wins this, but I'm just going to go out and just pick and say, I'm going to pick that Dean Ambrose is going to win. Interesting. Uh, and the reason that I picked that is just because I think Dean's stock has dropped a little bit and he needs a little push. Right, uh, right. So I think they're going to give him the belt just to give him a, a push for short term. I think he and Luke Harper, just be based on their wardrobe, we're just going <laughs> to become a tag team. I said I said that tonight while watching Raw. I was like, these I are the white guys beaters. shop at the same place. I have place. the same thought tonight, too. Um, they're going to call the tag team the wife beaters? Oh, no. Uh, Jonathan, what, what do you think about this? Well, I agree with bits of what uh, you all said. I think um, this is a match like some of the others that it's just a bunch of guys that they didn't really have anything else for at WrestleMania, so they just kind of threw this match together. But I do think that it's just one of those things that has worked out. And um, it, I, I agree with, with Phantom here that the Intercontinental title does seem more important than it has uh, certainly in the past few years, and I hope that continues. Um, and I think Dolph Ziggler and Daniel Bryan are the two guys, the two main guys that the fans have rallied behind, but never really get to see them achieve what they want them to achieve. Yeah. Even if they win the world title or, or whatever, it's short lived or something, you know, something happens that kind of derails it. And so, I'm glad to see that they have developed some chemistry. Um, but prior to that, uh, you know, there was obviously the stuff going on with Dean Ambrose stealing the title from Barrett 
and then our truth stealing it and it became a comedy thing. So, you know, obviously that there was something, something planned there prior to this becoming a throw together match. Um, so I could see, I could see Barrett retaining or I could see Ambrose winning. Uh, I agree that Ziggler and Brian are probably going to continue some sort of feud. Uh, and I don't think the title needs to be part of that just yet. I think it should be eventually, possibly. Well, that's I. Um, I think there's a way out of this match where Barrett retains, but Ziggler and Brian are not hurt by Barrett retaining. I think they can they can have their own thing going on, whether they fight to the back or whether something happens where they're not really involved in the finish, their current feud has enough heat to survive the two of them not winning. Right. And like you, I, I like that it's, uh, it's not a face heel dynamic. It's, it's almost like a, you know, like a ring of honor match or something. Yes. Where it's just two guys that people want to see go and they want and, that spot it's they're not competing for a title they're not competing they, they want that hot spot to be yeah. the next guy shades of gray Ew, <laughs> let's not use that phrase ever again that's been forever spoiled so jonathan who do you who do you see walking out of this with the ic title um I think it'll be Barrett or Ambrose, but I, I see something continuing between the two of them and R-Truth possibly remaining involved in that in some way. Um, I don't think, I don't really know where Luke Harper and Stardust fit into the whole thing aside from just being, you know, people there to possibly affect the outcome. I mean, Stardust or, or Cody Rhodes is obviously a former intercontinental champion and i think if there has been a high point for that title in recent years it was when he held it so yeah but i don't it just doesn't i don't see him in his current uh persona really even caring about winning that because i do think it will eventually come back to him versus gold dust i don't know why it's not at wrestlemania because I think people have been wanting that match at WrestleMania for about three years now. Yeah, yeah it's been it's been <laughs> yeah. teased for so many years, and they had their match at Fastline, and it wasn't actually a bad match. I don't know why they had that they weird ending. Yeah. Well, and if Goldust won that match, why is he not the one in this match? Right, because he's right. in the Battle Royal. Yeah, they they have they've kind of bungled that whole thing, which is what they traditionally do with tag teams. But we've got more matches to cover, so we've got to move on to our next match on the card, which in my estimation is Sting versus Triple H. Uh, I wasn't too sure whether to cover that or the Undertaker match next, but I've got to say that the Undertaker has more cachet uh in a WrestleMania environment, so he gets higher up the card, so we'll talk about that match next. Sting versus Triple H there's no way around the fact that the story kind of stinks, but that if you're a fan of Sting, you're happy to see Sting and nobody's ever gonna get booed for talking about Triple H sleeping his way to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> And by the way, as an aside, has everybody seen Wrestling Isn't Wrestling? No, I've not seen it yet. I've it's popped up tons of times in my Facebook feed and I still haven't had an opportunity to watch it. It's it's 
it's with this match, per, uh, it, it perfectly fits in. So I, I advise everyone watches 24 minutes long. Max Landis, son of John Landis, put this together. He's a huge wrestling fan and basically sick of, t- sick of tired of how to justify wrestling to his friends, put this together. And it's wonderful because it's all about Triple H. Well, that, <laughs> I, I will watch it as soon as we're done. Um, but really, this one, as much as there is a lot of history behind the match, it doesn't matter because what we have is Triple H, who is a consummate guy to deliver at pay-per-view matches. Uh, regardless of whatever else you may think about him, he delivers at the pay-per-view. Uh, Sting, who is old, <laughs> but who is also an attraction guy. Uh, but we don't know. I mean, uh, let's be honest. Sting has been irrelevant for 14 years. Yes, he went into TNA and he was a big, big fish in a little tiny pond, but he did not elevate TNA. Uh, like everybody that went to TNA, except for maybe Kurt Angle, he was just tarnished uh, by being there. To me, uh, Mick Foley, if he'd never been in TNA, I would have a lot higher opinion of Mick Foley at this point in my life. Uh, TNA, <laughs> I think Mick Foley would too. Yeah, yeah. TNA doesn't do anybody any good. So I think Sting is better off saying he just has been sitting at home eating Cheetos for the past 14 years than ever acknowledging a TNA career. <laughs> Uh, this match is a spectacle. This match is a curiosity. I'm totally stoked to see it because it's Sting in WWE, and there's no getting past the the fun novelty of that. But I'm really I can't imagine they're bringing Sting in to lose. But I also can't imagine what Sting's future is with WWE, other than going on to Hall of Fame next year. Or maybe doing an Undertaker style once a year match, but I just don't see him having the cachet or the relevance to pull a, pull that off. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna say Sting goes over because that's the fun ending, but but this is gonna be weird. Um, let's go with Jonathan. Um, yeah, I, I, my gut says Sting will win, but I also know. I don't, I think a lot of people at this point, a lot of current WWE fans didn't know who he was when he first came back and they're having to educate themselves on who Sting is. Um, and I didn't expect them to acknowledge his TNA run at all, uh, in WWE because they don't really acknowledge TNA. Even though I don't agree with you completely, I think his first few years in TNA did elevate TNA, especially his, uh, his match at bound for glory with, uh, Kurt angle. But I'm not saying, I'm not saying he didn't have good matches and I'm not saying he didn't serve TNA well, but let's look at where TNA is now. Yeah. Well, TNA now is not the same TNA that, that he came into. I think it, it had potential and it, and it and it was on its way to that, and it just didn't. You know, it obviously it didn't achieve what it could have. But anyway, Sting, yeah, Sting. I think he would have been better off going to WWE a few years ago, even if he did do a little TNA run uh, in between. Um, I still think it should have been when WrestleMania was here in Atlanta. Yeah, and there. 
the rumors that that was going to be Sting versus Undertaker. Um, and I think that was probably the last year that that could have even been a good match because the Undertaker has sadly declined uh, since then. He still, still, aside from last year, still has had some good matches. But I think that was the year that they should have done that. I'm not sure what happened there, but and uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar and Sting. I don't know what their contracts are like. I don't know what it, what they have lined up after WrestleMania. So honestly, both of those matches are are a little bit of a question mark. But uh, I think Sting will probably win in much in much the same way. I think it'll be much like the Triple H matches with the Undertaker, where Sting wins, but Triple H, you know, probably gets some respect from the crowd or something. Right, right. Um, for doing what was best for business. <laughs> yeah. To use his own phrase. Well, they both, they both come out of the match worn down. Yeah. But I could also see, especially given his, his current authority figure role, um, you know, there could be some kind of, underhandedness that that comes to play there with the other members of the authority sure uh so that you know i think sting will probably win but it could go either way really uh mike what are you thinking this is the one that should be one of the most exciting on the card and yet i just can't get a um it, it just eludes me they haven't really given in my now now granted I haven't seen any really uh I haven't seen any promos by Sting uh over the last week or so but um over the what I had seen uh when he first you know kind of impacted and got interfered and in, and in, you know what led up to this was that he had something against the authority and so there was that but then you know I was kind of hoping that that would be whatever his beef was it would be revealed um, I haven't seen that yet, but I heard he spoke tonight, so maybe that is a piece of the puzzle that I'm missing. Not with his really. actual voice. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I'll say this. We, we, I, I didn't want to focus on Raw too much, uh, but Sting and Stephanie got in the ring together and did some really good work. Uh, I've been concerned about Sting's incredible 90s-ishness, mm-hmm. uh, but... He did a good job. Uh, they had a good moment together, and the the opening promo of Raw did what it needed to do. But it did not explain really why Sting's there, because all it said was Triple H slept to his way to the top, and I'm going to beat him up. Yeah, I'm not sure why I should care. You know, right. I mean, and and I get um, that. I, get I, that. I think. I think Jonathan's right. I think a lot of us wanted to see, you know, at some point Sting versus The Undertaker. If we were to pick anybody, uh, any WWE superstar that Sting would face, it would be The Undertaker. Yeah. Now, this, you know, with The Undertaker situation being what it is, I think right now on this card, as it stands, this would be the better match for Sting mm-hmm. because I think Triple H has it in him to make Sting look a lot better than than The Undertaker would. So I, I feel confident this will be a solid match. Um, but I have, you know, it, it's just the, 
WCW versus WWE again, and it's like that hasn't been relevant for a long time. But it's so that, not. No, he said that was that his opening words tonight were, "I am not here because of WCW because that would be ridiculous." Yeah. So well, that's so that's we don't thing. even I mean, have that. Yeah, so we don't even have that. So I I don't you know if they revealed that there was something more personal, then I think I, I would care a lot more about this match. Um, so I'm going to give it to Sting as well. Um, look, Hunter doesn't need to win a match. No. Uh, he proved that with Brock a couple years ago. He doesn't mind taking one for the team, uh, especially if it leads into a rematch at SummerSlam or something like that. Um, I, I don't know what the future is for Sting if they plan to, I don't know, make him the general manager or something or some, I, I don't know. So, um, but the way things are, I, I think I'm going to have to pick Sting to win, but I, I just I wish I cared more. I wish yeah. the story was better. I understand that. No, well, I think this, the story is that the authority is basically abusing their power the same way the NWO did. So Sting is there to to, you know, to be the the savior or whatever, to stand up for the, the people who are being victimized or whatever by the authority but the it's problem, not a very strong story well, and they have i was gonna say that, that what if if that has been made if that had been made more clear what you just said is a better story than what they've been showing yeah. over the past <laughs> month but the problem is that's not the case the authority is not like the nwo or even right. like the mcmahon helmsley era they're not you know there are guys that they don't like but they're not really wildly abusing their power. They're not right, cackling yeah. bad guys. And it still wouldn't give me a reason why an outsider like Sting would care. Right, exactly. And and that's the issue with this, is WWE has relied far too much on, well, people want to see Sting. Yeah. Yes. It's a novel, like you said, it's a novelty. Sting's never wrestled the right. WrestleMania before, so let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a few years overdue. Um, yeah. You asked my opinion. Uh, Sting's going to win this match. I have no doubt in my mind because first of all, Triple H does not have a problem putting guys like that over. Yeah, um, it doesn't make sense for Sting to wrestle this match and not win the match. Um, so I think that's this is probably even. Yeah, I would say this is this is the most predictable outcome of this card for me personally. Is that Sting's going to win? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the match will be fun. Um, I think that the build has been lackluster, to say the least, considering the fact this is the longest build. This what started Survivor <laughs> Series last year, right? <laughs> but good point. We finally saw Sting in person. What two weeks ago for the first time? If it was in the, and that that terrible overdubbed, yeah. like Ole Anderson promo they did, where they were like, oh, "We're gonna mask my voice," and I was like, "Really? Why?" So yeah, he he finally came out this week and he did his little promo, and that's fine and dandy. And the stuff he did with Stephanie was was good, but uh, it it's still it's there's a million other things I'd like to see Sting do besides face Triple H, and yeah, the Undertaker thing three years ago is probably one of them. Yeah. Um, and I don't know who else you could really make a marquee match out of with Sting at this point in time because mm, there's, a, there's, a, there's a limited amount of the audience that actually cares about Sting and there's a limited amount of guys that can actually work with him and would make a match that seems important enough. So 
I don't know what you do with them at this point. But uh, what we have is this, and um, yeah, let's hope it's a good match. <laughs> and, and it will. I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Uh, on to the next match on the card, which we are. We only have two matches left to talk about, and this one was, I guess, inevitable because I think basically since. Undertaker got pinned last year. People have been saying that Bray Wyatt was going to be the next guy. Uh, this time last year, I would have told you there's no way in hell Brock Lesnar beats Undertaker. And we <laughs> saw how that worked out. But I'm going to go ahead and say there's no <laughs> way in hell Bray Wyatt beats Undertaker uh, because there's just no reason for them to bring Taker back to lose again. Uh, Wyatt has years ahead of him there's just nothing that an undertaker victory is going to accomplish for him that he can't find in other ways i feel like undertaker and and here i guess this is the point where i'll go ahead and lay out uh a plan that i would have previously thought unacceptable but that now i am wholly endorsing i am going to say that i think next year for undertaker's well, see, the thing is, this is his 25th anniversary with WWE because he came in in 1990. So this would be a good time for him to check out. But whenever Undertaker's final match is, which will be at WrestleMania and will be soon, I say he needs to face Kane. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> well... That's almost like the Sting Undertaker scenario. Like that should happen, but that should have happened already. Well, <laughs> but but the thing is, uh, anytime they've shown this over the past several years, they turn Kane whenever they want. They have no regard for character development or or anything else with him. And I say, at this point. If you're going to put the mask back on Kane, if you're going to make him a demon and a bad guy again, everybody's going to accept it if it's for the last match against Undertaker. Kane deserves it because as as much as he's had plenty of shitty matches over the years, or not shitty matches, even shitty angles really more than anything else. Yeah, yeah he still has great matches. Yes, and that's the thing, is Kane's a company guy. He's always made the best of what was handed him. I feel like if if there's anybody on the roster that deserves to be the guy to open the door out for Taker, it's Kane. Just because they've got the history. I can't imagine anybody else. I mean, yeah, Triple H is one of the big boys in the company now, if not the biggest boy. But Triple H and Undertaker, again, it's not going to be exciting. And it really doesn't have any kind of historical value. I, I don't know unless you're going to bring Jimmy Snuka back. <laughs> you know, that's there's really nobody else that can do it. But before we ever get to that, we have Bray Wyatt and Undertaker, and it's a tough situation because last year the streak ended. The streak is no longer a factor, but Undertaker himself is still very much a factor. Uh, I, I don't know. This is a tough one. I I don't know. I love an Undertaker match at WrestleMania. And and again, they're kind of relying on that to get this over because Bray Wyatt has been spinning his wheels since the Wyatts broke up. I can't think of anything interesting that he's done 
Nothing. And, and he hasn't even had a match. And and that's man, that's a problem. I, I I he's been cutting great promos. Don't get me wrong. Like his part of the build up to the to the Undertaker match at Mania has been great. But I have no reason to take this guy seriously. Uh, let's start with Mike on this one. What do you think about this match? Um, well, first of all, I'll just lay out that it ends with 22 and one. Um, yeah, that's, that's the number that is on the screen at the end of this match. Uh, Taker is, is definitely winning. Uh, I really don't see, I mean, if, if they're pushing Bray, this is not the way to go about it. Um, the, yeah, the Bray Wyatt situation is, they had no business breaking up the Wyatts. Uh, they, that was too way too soon yeah um if this was undertaker versus and can you imagine if this was the undertaker versus the wyatts oh my gosh yeah that would be so impressive yes um but it's not um and so uh unfortunately it's it is what it is Uh, i don't even know if this is going to be a great match this is the one that i'm probably thinking has the potential to and and i apologize to because both I respect both men, but I we haven't seen them work together. I have no idea what to expect out of out of the Undertaker. I have no idea what to expect from this, and it could it could really stink. Um, so I I'm and again the storyline not that solid. Um, I'm kind of curious as to what this means for the taker uh what, what this means for the taker actually it, you know i do think next year wrestlemania is going to be in texas yeah you can bet that it's going to be a huge huge undertaker uh event well and there, being- i think they're already planning something big for next year, as as far as what that is, I don't know. Well, but, but you can guess because I think was it you I was talking about this with? It was me, I think. Oh, is it you, Jonathan? Go ahead and throw the well, name. Well, actually, out there. It, it, I think it was both of us at uh, at the toy convention. Joe Lanta. Yeah. Let's put Joe Lanta over as an incredible toy convention in the southeast. <laughs> well, Absolutely. We'll go, uh, one, yeah, one Joe you, Lanta. I met Larry Hama. Right. Well, Larry Hama asked to take a picture with you and and our uh, our little crew of, of folks. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, but go ahead and throw the name out there. I mean, it's Texas. It's obvious. What do you What do you guys think? Oh, you're talking about Stone Cold? Yeah. That would be something. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's a, it, there are matches that require a lot of Ben Gay. So, um, <laughs> and not, of the, you know, not so, of the Rico variety. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how you end Taker's career because you've already ended the streak. So right, now right. what do you do? I, that's a that's a question that they're going to have to excuse the pun wrestle with for a, a you know a, a good year anyway. Right. But as far as this match, this moment goes, uh, I think it's important if you're going to restore face, uh, restore marketability of the Undertaker, he's got to win, and then they've got to figure out how to push Bray. Yeah. Ooh. Um. Let's Lock go with Jonathan. What do you think? Uh, well, yeah, we, like you mentioned, we had talked about, uh, WrestleMania being in Texas next year. So I think that will probably be the Undertaker's last match, but, um, 
I really don't know what kind of shape he's in. Uh, when we last saw him last year at WrestleMania, I, I didn't think he looked good. Um, and the match wasn't a good match. I think he got a concussion early on, so that explains a lot. But um, I just don't know if he if he even has another year in him. But assuming that he does, I think next year will be his last match. Uh, but as far as this year goes, uh, I think he will win. But I think it will be in such a way that he still kind of passes the torch to Bray Wyatt as the new, you know, dark guy. Creepy guy. Yeah. I do agree that, uh, well, A, I don't, I still don't even understand what happened with the Wyatt. And whenever I ask people, no one seems to understand. No, they just drifted apart. Yeah. And then they kind of hinted at coming back together at the Royal Rumble. And then that didn't happen. Even if they Bray released them, and then they did that Royal Rumble thing, which was a tease that didn't go anywhere. I just think that the Wyatt thing is something that not only should have stayed together, but should have even grown and incorporated maybe a couple more people into, um, because it's just that kind of thing where it's a great place for people to, well, much like the Shield, it's a great place for people who it's for people to learn it's, from each other it was ravens it was raven's flock for this yeah generation. Yeah. yeah yeah and it was mm-hmm. something that was special and caught fire in a way that i don't think they expected and rather than running with it they killed it yeah they, they it's almost like they said well we ended the shield so we've got to end the whites as well it's almost yeah, like that, why that <laughs> like was exactly what it felt because like. what was eric rowan's doing so well right now hey <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a vintner, yeah. by the way. Noel, what is your thought on the Taker Wyatt situation? Um, I don't think this match should have even been should should even happen at this point in time. Um, I think that after Taker lost the match last year, the 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 mystique of Taker WrestleMania is gone forever. It doesn't matter to me. I, I realize Taker's going to win this match. That. And and Wyatt has built up himself for the last six months for nothing because that's all and that's all that the creatives ever thought of for the last six months is like we broke up the Wyatts and now Bray is going to work towards this Undertaker match which we know Taker's going to win so why does it even matter that he's doing this yeah um but yeah after after he lost a match last year Taker's mystique at WrestleMania is done I don't care what he does at this point in time. Um, so I think just, not, not having a match this year might have actually built up the mystique enough to make year. an undertaker match next year. That much more interesting. The only taker match that made sense this year was a remake against Brock, which wasn't yeah. going to happen for obvious reasons. But if they had worked towards that, then that might actually make sense where he's at least going for revenge. But now he's going against a guy who, I mean, as much as I love Bray Wyatt, what re- WrestleMania record does he have? Zero like, and one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they even drew attention to that on their website. Yeah, they or did. Something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be an entertaining match. I think. Oh, absolutely. I think these and guys it, can pull stuff out that we're not expecting. I hope you're right. 
I'm so, I'm thing, the like, optimist. Like, there's what a lot is of going ma- on like, here? Every match on this this card, I think, is going to be good. I think on paper, every match on this card is a winner. It's just the build to them has all have all been suspect. No, have all. I'm going to take yeah. this opportunity to segue into the main event <laughs> because <laughs> because the ma- the main event is what makes me disagree with your statement. Okay. <laughs> Of of the seven matches we've covered thus far, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so our main event, uh, I, I I love what they've done with Brock Lesnar. I love the old school feel of the champ being almost this supernatural entity that shows up when he wants to show up. He fights at pay per views, and that's it. Uh, that is reminiscent of the Hulk Hogan days to me. Uh, that is what the big world champ should be. I love it. I love the mystique that Lesnar brings with him. I love that Paul Heyman is coming out and just talking the best shit you've ever heard in your life on every single episode of the television shows. Uh, Paul this- Heyman. Paul Heyman is the best thing they have on this car uh, on yes. this entire program. Yes, he has <laughs> made this WrestleMania his statement. That this title doesn't belong to the WWE. It belongs to Brock Lesnar. That's one of the most powerful things I've ever heard in wrestling. And it's so reminiscent of going back to like 12 years ago when he took the title exclusively to SmackDown, which yes. is why they had the brand split, brand split to begin with. And more so than any time since Triple H held that title, gosh, over a decade ago, I guess. Brock Lesnar feels like a legit, unquestionable champion. And I, I, it, it's hard for me to say that because some of my favorite guys have held that title since then. I love CM Punk. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But compared to guys like Triple H and Lesnar, CM Punk does not feel as much like a legit, powerful world champ. And that's a shitty thing of me to say. And, but, Nobody is a legit world champ like Lesnar. Yes. He's, he's untouchable. He's, he's in an entirely different league than anybody else. Yes. And, and that's just how it is. And I'm totally down with this. And which is why I have, uh, the faith and the hope that maybe they're using the IC division to be that television, uh, entity, to be the big title that's not Lesnar's title. Uh, and WrestleMania will show a lot of that. If Lesnar retains, then I'm going to feel like, yeah, I was right. They do have a plan. The IC title will go on to have more significance. Maybe the U.S. title as well, depending on how that pans out. Uh, but if well, Rain, back- if Reigns goes over, I'm essentially going to lose every bit of faith that I've had in the <laughs> WWE since the beginning of the year. And unfortunately, my 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 heart wants Lesnar to retain and hold it until next year's WrestleMania when we've got a truly viable contender, possibly Daniel Bryan, possibly somebody else. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, this is where I have to get a little cynical and refer to the history of WWE and the way they do business and think that they're, they're going to put reins over. Now, there is an asterisk there that I'll discuss after you guys throw things out because if one of you guys uh, has a similar theory, I don't want to pull that out from under you. So let's let's talk about what's going on. Uh, we'll start with Jonathan this time. 
Well, uh, to to your point about the uh, Intercontinental title, I meant to mention this earlier, but um, back in the days of Hulk Hogan being the champion, the Intercontinental title was, uh, I think it had the reputation of being the title, the work rate title, sort of. Like, whoever had that title was respected as a good wrestler, mm. whereas Hulk Hogan was a good entertainer. And, um, you know, of course that there was some crossover there, but I think, you know, the conversation we had earlier about the intercontinental title, I see it kind of going back in that direction, definitely with the people involved in that match. Um, I am with you. Um, I, I like Brock Lesnar and his limited appearances as champion and Paul Heyman being his mouthpiece. Um, but I think because of uh, fan reaction to Roman Reigns and and people thinking, you know, it's too soon for him, that Daniel Bryan should have won the Rumble, this and that, I think people are going to be cheering for Brock Lesnar, who is playing the heel in this scenario. Um, so the whole thing could end up being a bigger backfire than what happened last year with Daniel Bryan. Um, I mean, of course he won, so it was okay, but I could, I think if Roman Reigns wins, people are going to be even more upset than they were about him winning the Royal Rumble. And it's going to kind of taint the whole WrestleMania. It'll almost be like, uh, when Brock Lesnar ended the streak, that kind of reaction, I think. Right. Right. So, I would like to see Brock Lesnar win. I don't know what his deal is. Um, I, you know, there are rumors that he walked out a few weeks ago on Raw because of some kind of contractual you know, di- difference of opinion on his contract or whatever. Yeah. I also hear that he wants to go back to UFC. And I've even heard that he wants to do both. Like he wants to do UFC and WWE at the same time, which I think would be awesome because I think – even if he went to UFC and lost there, it wouldn't necessarily make him a, a weak champion in WWE. But Vince McMahon probably doesn't feel the same way that you feel. Yeah, you're probably right. But um, but I also, I mean, he he dominated there. Aside from, I think he only lost once or twice in UFC before. So the chances of that happening are probably low. I think especially because he'd probably have a similar deal where he would only do so many matches and they would probably be big, important matches. Sure. Um, But anyway, that's probably not likely to happen for him to work for both companies at the same time. But um, either way, I'd like to see him win. And uh, I think it would ultimately be better for Roman Reigns. Um especially if it's not just a complete squash like the John Cena match was that we were talking about earlier. I think Roman Reigns is a little better than people are giving him credit for. Mm-hmm. And he definitely is a believable uh, challenge just physically if you took away everything except for the way each guy looks physically. Like he looks like he and Brock Lesnar could actually have a competitive fight. 
So uh, I could see it kind of like what I said about Undertaker and Bray Wyatt. I could see it being a thing where even if he loses, he earns the respect of the fans by losing, yeah. um, by, you know, almost winning or at least just putting, uh, pushing Brock Lesnar to his limits in some way, especially after John Cena wasn't able to do that. And I think, you know, that kind of ties together possibly, even if it's not intended to, John Cena's kind of decline and Roman Reigns' rapid rise. You know, there may be some correlation there to try to make him look that much better. Um, I don't know if they put that much thought into stuff, though. <laughs> well, and, and that's a good point. Roman Reigns could still benefit from this match even by losing it. Uh, Noel, wh- what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I, I'd love to see Brock retain. I don't think that's happening. I think Roman's going to win. Um, which, yeah. we don't know what's going to, going on with the whole, uh, contract negotiation with, uh, with, with Brock. So, uh, that's all into question. I think if Brock resigns, they'd be smart to let him win the match and, uh, have Roman, you know, go all the way through, through, uh, SummerSlam. Um, I will say though, that as much as I love Brock Lesnar, this is the least interested I've been in a WrestleMania main event in I can't remember how long. But is that because of Brock or because of the booking or because of Roman? Because of Roman. Um, yeah. You know, honestly, I, I think Brock would have been great against Daniel Bryan. I think, you know, Brock is, is so special that you could put him against just about anybody, but not Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and they, they have they have the opportunity at this point in time where he is so good that you could put him against anybody, but they put this guy who really and I like Reigns. I think Reigns is is talented. I think he has, um, you know, a lot going for him, but I don't think that he is ready for this match. Yeah, I think they're foolish to put him in this match, especially considering that they did this whole fast lane thing where it was almost like a swerve. We're like, well. We want, we want, we want Brian in this match. So let's just do this so we can put him in here. And then Reigns wins and you're like, really? That's, that's where you're going with this? That this is final at this point in time? Jim Ross used to say, uh, and, and this was kind of a backhanded compliment that he would throw out there. He would say that certain individuals were nothing but potential. Yeah. <laughs> and which is not a compliment. No, it it is not, and that's how I feel about Reigns. I feel like he is still so green. He's not. He, it, look, I see talent in him. I like the guy, but when he's on the mic, he's not comfortable. When he's in oh, matches that he knows have attention on them. He's not comfortable. His let's, moves, his rings, his ring presence is not there, man. Let's recall right before the Royal Rumble when, like, he was cutting those like Jack and the Beanstalk promos against like, oh, the Big yeah. Show, and and yeah. I was like, okay. At that point, I figured they didn't really consider him a true main eventer. Like they were joking around with him, and that's when I realized, okay, they're going to put Brock, uh, they're going to put uh, Daniel Bryan in the, in the main event of WrestleMania right. because, right. yeah, they, they wouldn't be giving him these promos if they thought anything serious of him, and that was wrong apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's that's it exactly. Every time he says "believe that," Bye. I don't. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, Mike, so, how do you feel? 
Um, I'm as excited as the rest of you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, it was obvious to me that they when they broke up the shield that it was to push Roman um, and let the other chips fall where they may. And Seth has made, um, I think, the most out of the opportunity uh, than anybody. Uh, for a while, Dean was on, you know, a great role as well, but that's lessened. Uh, his stock yeah. has dropped a lot in the last few months. But that said, Roman got hurt, and since then, it's just he's been floundering. Um, uh, I thought before he got hurt, he was on, you know, the, his way, um, mm-hmm. and the crowd was behind him, and all was well. Uh, he then he got hurt. Daniel Bryan came back. And there's a mess. And suddenly, um, you know, the the powers that be, Vince has to figure out what to do. And we all know how stubborn Vince is. He's going to go with his guy no matter what. And that guy right now is Roman Reigns. And Roman's got to either catch up or, you know, it, it's just going to um, probably be the worst thing that could happen to him. Um, I, I don't, you know... Tonight on on Raw, it ended with the two of them in the ring facing each other. I felt nothing. No sparks. No, like, I want these guys (laughs) to fight or whatever. Um, Even worse, it ended with them playing, you know, tug of war with the belt, which just seemed silly. They needed to cut about 15 seconds earlier than they did. Like, they needed to cut, like... He when if they had cut when Roman had reached for the belt, that would have had me. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, like he was ho- like Brock was holding it up in front of his face when Roman reached for it. If they had cut there, I would have been like, "Oh man, it's on!" and I missed it, you know, or whatever. Yeah, but there would have yeah, been at yeah. least some tension there. But no, um, they let them play, you know, belt grab with each other for a little while, and it just was not. It didn't do anything for me. And uh, the monster, the monster that Paul Heyman put over in his promo would not have played tug of war with Roman. Absolutely Rams. not. Absolutely not. It, it, that just seemed, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, my best case scenario, in my opinion, if Brock is leaving, which uh, I'm pretty sure is going to happen, uh, best case scenario is that Roman gets the belt and then. Seth grabs it, if not at the end of WrestleMania, then tomorrow night or the next night on Raw. And Mm -hmm. they have a feud for a while. And I I feel very confident that that would be exciting and interesting uh, because of Seth being involved. Um, So I think that's the best case scenario out of this mess. Um, Another potential uh, intriguing possibility is that Heyman could turn on Brock. There and you go. go with Roman. Um, and that would be, and cause Roman needs help with the mic. Rome, uh, you know, Roman could do with somebody, Roman could turn heel, um, with Paul Heyman. But that only works, I think, if Brock is going to come back and face both of them again at some point. I don't know. I see, I don't I see Brock th- leaving on that turn, on those. I didn't, I didn't come up with that possibility on my own. I read it somewhere. Uh, I think it could work either way. And if you watched Raw tonight and you saw Paul Heyman 
very visibly wink after saying that Roman Reigns cannot beat Rock, Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, that's either Heyman trolling the guys that are putting that theory across, which is something Heyman's been known to do, <laughs> mm-hmm. or there was more significance to it, which, which to me, I'm thrilled because it adds more intrigue to a match that, that I honestly uh, am not all that happy about. But, uh, yeah, that's the theory I had that I was going to wait, and I'm glad that one of you guys came uh, uh, hit on it. I've been hearing that. So, you know, that theory for about, a, I guess, ever since he won the Royal Rumble. And I, and I do think it's a possibility. And I think it is one of the only ways to make Roman Reigns winning, uh, palatable. <laughs> sure. Sure. But the thing is, here, here's the problem though, is, is sure. Even if, even if Lesnar, or I'm sorry, even if Heyman does decide to side with Reigns, well, how does he affect that? How does that happen? You know, how does he help Reigns beat Lesnar? Like that's that's uh, I don't know if that's too big of a question or if it just makes things interesting. Well, that, I, I don't uh, know. That would be the interesting thing about it because he doesn't typically get physically involved. Right. right. What's he going to hit him on the head with his giant cell phone? <laughs> no. He should bring I that back. See, could, his promos are so get powerful. A huge pop. Right. They right. can take down the beast. I could um, see him also so, turning on Brock and siding with Seth Rollins and, you know, pushing, you know, calling sure. him out with the briefcase and then he, he knocks him out with the briefcase and because technically he can cash it in at any time. So it could be even during a match, you know, that's never happened. Yeah. Well, or, or, you know, Lesnar wins and, and yeah, like exactly. Uh, Heyman brings Rollins out. I mean, you're, you're right. That, that is a very interesting possibility that I hadn't really thought about. I, I think the worst case scenario is for Rollins, uh, for, um, uh, that's Samoa. Dude. Yeah, for <laughs> Roman it's, to win. Hey, he's the Rock's cousin. Don't forget. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> that worked out. Uh, well. Yeah, I know. Um, is for the worst case scenario for me is if Roman wins, uh, and then for some reason, you know, Seth uh, either he doesn't cash in right away, or he continues to hold on to that briefcase, or it doesn't work, and we get like a few months of. Uh, Roman versus Randy, uh, and that would just—I oh. would be—I would be like, okay, now is my time to take a break for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, let's let's wrap this thing up. Uh, I'm excited about WrestleMania. There, really, there's only one match. I'm not even going to say I'm not excited about Lesnar versus Reigns because I think there's something there. I think. It's possible for us to enjoy watching that match. It's just that the outcome is has the potential to be so incredibly disappointing, and it is the it is the main event. Isn't it sad that the main event is the one that you are least excited about? Yeah, yeah, it totally is. And the problem is the main event sets the tone for the entire pay per view. That's what we're going to walk away. That's going to leave that final taste in our mouths. So no matter how good the rest of it is, that last match is going to be our final impression and what we walk away with. Uh, but overall, I'm very excited about WrestleMania. I'm excited about watching it with, with a good crew of people. Uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
overall, it is a very strong card with lots of entertaining possibilities. Uh, there's nothing to rate at this point, obviously, because we haven't seen it. But I just, I, I'm going into it stoked. I've got a very optimistic outlook, as you guys pointed out, uh, for the WWE. Uh, how do you guys feel overall? Well, I've been, you know, I've been wrong before. Uh, and actually going into anything, whether it's WrestleMania, a movie, what have you, um, with low expectations is usually pretty solid because then I end up being, you know, pleasantly surprised by a lot of things. There's Mm. still, I still believe that there's a lot of talent across the the roster. I think there's in in a way there's just more talent than uh, we've seen in uh, a decade, certainly. Um, And that uh, I wish it was the days of, you know, back in the day where almost anybody could be in a main event because I think the talent is there, and I wish that the the bookers were uh, more aware of that as well. Um, But uh, that said, uh, I expect to see a lot of solid wrestling, a lot of entertaining uh, things. Uh, I don't think... um, I doubt, you know, anything's going to be an absolute dud, but, you know, as far as, you know, like you said, that ending on that high, um, it, it's, it's, I'm skeptical. Yeah. Jonathan, what do you think? Uh, I'm excited about WrestleMania. I mean, I think it's hard not to be because it's WrestleMania and it's the biggest event in the wrestling world every year. Um, I think it, it feels like this year, and, and this has been, at least in, in my opinion, and I think somebody else mentioned it earlier tonight, um, I think WrestleMania has suffered in recent years from, for the most part, not enough build towards things. Like, mm-hmm. the build towards most of the matches doesn't start until after the pay-per-view before that. Aside from, you know, the Rock and Cena matches and the Undertaker matches sometimes. Most of them, it's like, it's like they know what they're going to do possibly with one or two things. And then the rest of it's like, all right, here's everything else we've got. What are we going to do? And I don't know if it's just my perspective was different as a kid or, or what, but it felt like WrestleMania was more important, uh, growing up then it feels now it feels like uh it's just kind of thrown together or or booked very not last minute but in in about three weeks instead of uh three or four months of build up yeah Yeah, i get that so Um, i think uh i think it i think all of these match well i think most of these matches are going to be very good matches and I think some of them are going to be better than we're expecting. And, uh, you know, WWE often surprises people. There's probably some, something we're not thinking of that might become a factor in some of these matches and make them better, especially that main event. Um, but it's hard to say. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Uh, Mike said, like, I have low expectations, which will probably mean that I am pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Noel, what do you think? 
Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we are kind of spoiled with being, with WrestleMania always being the biggest event of the year. Um, I don't know. There's a, the, the build for almost all these matches are terrible, but I look back at all of these matches. I think that they're, they're, you know, the workers in these matches are great. And I think all these matches are going to wind up being really, really, really good. So I'll, I'll sit back. I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it. And, um, you know, even though the wrong person might go over or whatever, it, it, I'll be entertained for four hours. Yeah. And that's the bottom line is that WrestleMania, whatever else happens, whatever the buildup is, WWE knows how to put on a big show and this is going to be a big show. And they have the benefit of one of the best, most talented rosters they've had in years. Even the, the least person on the card is still entertaining. I I think we're going to get a good show and I want to thank you guys for coming on and talking about it. Before we go, let's everybody get your plugs in. Uh, Mike, where can we find you online? Well, of course, you can find me weekly on uh, Earth Station One podcast. Uh, that's ESOPodcast.com. And also, uh, you know, I do uh, writing comics and whatnot. So you can find all that at uh, either NewLegendProductions.com or NewLegendMike.com. Jonathan, where are you online? Uh, my... Website is wrestlingwithpopculture.com and I should be posting some reviews this week. I've, uh, it's been a little slow lately just because I've had other stuff going on that's kept me away from it. Uh, but I also host a podcast called Georgia Wrestling Now every, it airs live every Monday night at seven. Usually it wraps up around eight so you can watch Raw, uh, but then it's archived later so you can listen to the one i did tonight now if you want to (laughs) um (laughs) unlike yours it's not edited or anything so it's uh oh mine's only barely edited (laughs) well it's it's all there it makes for interesting listen sometimes uh and uh there's a facebook page for wrestling with pop culture on twitter i am at Wrestle Pop Culture, C U L T R. And I'm on Instagram, Wrestling with Pop Culture on there as well. And finally, Noel, like a phoenix, you have risen once again unto the internet. Oh. Where can we find you online doing what you do so well and, and what you uh, introduced me to the world of the internet by so many years ago? You can find me at dorkdroppings.com. Uh, yes, dork droppings. Um, yeah, uh, some of you may know me from another website before that, but uh, that's where I am right now. And... Um, I talk about all sorts of things, including wrestling and um, my whole G.I. Joe costuming thing that I do right now and GoBots and whatever else I want to talk about. Well, and you've got the archives of the old site available as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's tons of good stuff there. I, I, I've, I, uh, as far as pop culture sites go, I've had mine up for about 14 years, so that's longer than most people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I, I, I really value each and every one of your inputs. I'm glad 
that we had some differing points of view, although I, I do hate it that we agreed on so many things <laughs> that are kind of letting us down about WrestleMania. But the bottom line is it's WrestleMania. It's an exciting time of year. And we're going to find out in just a couple of days here to the listeners uh, what's going to happen. So please check out Needless Things Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher on NeedlessThingsSite.com and at ESOPodcast.com. And we will be back soon. Uh, we might have the same panel back on to talk about NXT because, man, there's a lot to say about NXT. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for hanging in there with us for some WrestleMania talk. We definitely had a good time. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And there, I've still got like four or five episodes banked, like that still need to be edited and come out. So hang in there. And they're not all over two hours like some of the recent ones have been. But I, you know, I feel like if it needs to go that long, it needs to go that long. I'm not, I'm not ever going to put out a six hour episode unless I finally do put together the play that I would like to do, audio play. But that'd probably be in parts if I did that. I don't know. I'm thinking out loud here because it's two o'clock in the morning, which granted isn't that late for me, but I've had a long day. We get a lot of stuff going on around the house. It's, Minor flooding due to a refrigerator line breaking. Had people in here working. Work's not done. They're coming back in the morning to put floors down, hopefully. If they don't, my wife is probably going to murder everybody in the Tri-County area. I don't know exactly which three counties that is, but she'll just keep going until they put her down. Trust me, you don't want to deal with this woman's rage. It's, It's a little tense around here. And I don't deal with tense well at all. I'm a laid-back guy. But all that matters is we're going to have our shit together by Sunday to watch WrestleMania. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great pay-per-view. I hope it's not going to be one of the dud manias that have happened every once in a while over the years. But the important thing is you get together with people, you watch it, you have a good time, you have some adult beverages... And even more important is that you follow the Needless Things podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, at NeedlessThingsSite.com, where we post five days a week, and of course at ESOPodcast.com. Remember, I love you guys. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com.